0: So with, I think that referral patterns to MIGS may increase if we as surgical subspecialists, are open to collaborating with general OBGYNs.
1: Welcome to MIGS Front Page, the official podcast for the Journal of Minimally Invasive Gynecologic Surgery. Listen in as we discuss the latest and greatest JMIG articles focusing on the cutting-edge research in the field of gynecologic surgery. I'm your host, Peter Movilla, coming to you from the University of Kentucky College of Medicine. Today, we will be discussing the paper entitled Barriers to Referral to Fellowship-Trained Minimally Invasive Gynecologic Surgery Specialists. We have with us the first author, Dr. Richie DeLara, a recent surgical fellow at the Mayo Clinic in Phoenix, Arizona, and now an assistant professor in obstetrics and gynecology at the University of Colorado. Thank you so much for being here. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. How are you?
1: Not bad. I just recently moved from Massachusetts to Kentucky, so I'm doing pretty good and excited to start my new job. How about yourself?
0: That's great. I also recently moved from uh, Phoenix to Denver and started my new MIGS job here.
1: <laughs> Isn't it exciting? It is. One reason I really loved your paper, actually, is as I moved to a new practice and finished my fellowship, begin to you know try to get my clinic busy, I thought your paper looking at how patients get referred to us was actually perfect timing. So what was your motivation for even performing this study?
0: So to answer this question, I think our listeners should know a little bit about my training, as well as the current state of OBGYN as a surgical specialty. I did my residency training at a community hospital where there there were no fellowship-trained minimally invasive gynecologic surgeons. Then I entered my MIGS fellowship program, and fellowship really gave me a different perspective on gynecologic surgery. There's been more literature demonstrating that recent OBGYN graduates have a low self-perceived proficiency for endoscopic procedures, and that a lot of them believe uh, that residency should emphasize increasing more laparoscopic training for them during residency. So it's not only just OBGYN graduates who don't feel prepared to perform gynecologic surgery, but fellowship directors also view OBGYN residency graduates as underprepared for independent surgical practice. Then there's a lot more talk and more discussion in our field about separating the O from the G and even a push towards implementing the OBGYN tracking in residency programs. So all of this really made me question what do general OBGYNs think of minimally invasive gynecologic surgery as a specialty? Uh, What factors do general OBGYNs consider when uh, referring to MIGs? And more importantly, how we can create a bridge between general OBGYNs and MIGs, really for the benefit of our patients and to advance and elevate our our surgical field.
1: Well, what a great answer. (laughs) And to answer that very complex, uh, important question, what was the study design that you used here in this paper?
0: So we used a 16-item internet-based survey, that we sent to ACGME, OBGYN residency program directors, coordinators, and managers. And they were asked to distribute the survey to their generalist faculty. The survey was also sent to ACOG fellows and practicing junior fellows to complete. The survey was completely anonymous and we asked 16 questions and ask respondents about their prior surgical training, their current surgical practice, and then the reasons for referring or not referring to a MIGS subspecialist.
1: Well, let's talk about your results and summarize Table 3 entitled Barriers to Referral to Fellowship-Trained MIGS.
0: So in Table 3, it uh, presents patterns of and barriers to referral to MIGS subspecialists. We had 144 respondents. And the majority of respondents, about 62%, had knowledge of fellowship-trained MIGs in their community, and a majority, almost 60%, had considered or would consider referral to a MIG subspecialist. Uh, And the top three reasons that respondents would consider referral to MIGs were: number one, complex pathology such as large fibroid uteri or endometriosis. Number two, complex medical and or surgical history. And number three, if the patient was out of scope of practice for them, for example, patients with chronic pelvic pain, or if the provider did not perform hysterectomies anymore. Top three reasons that respondents cited uh, for non-referral to MIGS were uh, overwhelming amount uh, cited adequate residency training. Uh, number two, preference for continuity of care and preference for referral to other providers that they were more familiar with.
1: That's pretty interesting. I, you know, I do kind of agree that the niche that our fellowship is headed towards, our, our field is headed towards, minimally invasive gynecologic surgery, really is as the advanced gynecologist. So yeah. Not just doing minimally invasive surgery, but handling you know, some of those ideologies that you were talking about the advanced chronic pain, the endometriosis, the large uteri. So I'm glad that part was consistent.
0: Yeah, No, I completely agree.
1: And can you summarize your findings from Table 4 called Factors Associated with Referral to Fellowship-Trained MIGs?
0: All right, so Table 4 presents factors associated with referral to MIGs. So we found that years in practice, the number of additional surgical training experience training experiences providers received and approach to hysterectomy used most in the past 12 months were not associated with referral to MIGS. Our study interestingly found that self, that that providers who self-reported as low-volume surgeons were more likely to refer to MIGS and self-reported high-volume surgeons were less likely to refer. And We also found that providers who were aware of MIGS in their community were also more likely to refer to MIGS.
1: That is really interesting. And was there a definition for high volume surgeons uh, here? It was just self-reported high surgeons.
0: We use self-reported volume mostly because the definition for high volume versus low volume in the literature is really inconsistent, and so we wanted to see what providers thought of themselves and their surgical proficiency
1: and that really is kind of the difficulty I guess in assessing like who does a lot of surgeries and who doesn't because how do you put a number on that and does that even equate to skills
0: it is, and um, I think one of the difficult parts is that you could have a surgeon who is extremely high volume and consider themselves very surgically proficient, uh, but they could have a lot more complications. That's true.
1: Um, so, with all of this research and this uh, amazing paper, did you think of any maybe suggestions that might improve mix referral patterns from the OBGYN generalist population?
0: Um, that's that's a very great question, and I think it's a very difficult question to answer. Um, I think that it's it's a question that needs answered with another study. So, if anyone listening is interested. Here's a great research question for you. Um, our study found that provider preference for con- continuity of care was a reason to not refer to MIGs. And this was also true in another study that found uh, that gynecologists who referred their patients to gyne-oncs for cancer care pref- preferred, to preferred aftercare follow-up with their patients and were interested in education on surveillance. So they really wanted to take care of their own patients, even after referral to specialists. So I think that referral patterns to MIGs may increase if we as surgical subspecialists are open to collaborating with general OBGYNs. And that could mean several things. That could mean establishing good relationships with community providers, uh, improving communication with general OBGYNs after surgical consultations, and possibly considering avenues such as surgical coaching. One of the great news is that our specialty is garnering more merit, as it is one of the most competitive of the OBGYN fellowships to apply to. So recent graduates are aware of MIGs as a specialty. And additionally, the American Board of Obstetrics and Gynecology, ABOG, has approved a focused practice designation in MIGs. And MIGs has just been a huge movement in our field.
1: That's all completely true. Well, thank you so much for your time. This was an amazing paper and perfectly timed specifically for me since I just graduated fellowship and want to learn how to get more patients in my clinic.
0: Great. Thank you for having me.
1: I hope you have a great day. I'm Peter Movilla, and thank you again for joining us on MIG's front page, the official JMIG podcast. Make sure to check out the full article from today's podcast at jmig.org. Until next time, keep on reading.